This is B. Neverland, your host. I'm glad you could join us. The titled episode is The Strong Delusion, which was stated in the second book of Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So he's basically putting our immorality and our characters of life on notice right now. He's saying through this way of lifestyle and then throughout the way we live, we perish. Not in the sense that we die and our bodies are laid to rest, but in the sense that we spiritually are dead. That inwardly we are lost. Inwardly we perish. Our souls have perished because of deceivableness that is within us. Because we love to believe lies. We look for lies. We love lies. We are entertained by lies. We are interested in lies. You see, the truth is not a, is not a, a, a bestseller. Not by far. The truth is that, is that one that's on the shelf, dusty for years. But the lies, those things are selling like hotcakes. Those things are flying off the shelves. You, you know what I mean? You, you, can't, you can't buy no, enough of them. You got to store them. Because lies are glamorous. Lies are, are, are fancy. Lies have glitz and glamour. It's eye candy. The things that you want to hear. All the things that you desire. But the truth is the straight up. Hardcore reality is the things that we get uncomfortable about. The things that really start to convict your soul. Those are the things that people don't want to hear. But those are the things that we need to hear in order to continue and move on in this world of sin. And move on in this corrupt, demon-infested world that we're living in. And verse 10, he says that they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved so he says that if you receive the love of the truth you shall be saved but because you don't receive the truth because you don't receive Yeshua because you don't accept Yeshua as your Lord and Savior therefore inwardly you perish because you receive not the love of the truth in which you shall be saved there's only one way to be saved and not the truth and the light of Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. So, let's continue. Verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they shall believe a lie. So he's saying that you love lies. If, if this is what you want, then I'm going to give you exactly what you want. Remember that saying, be careful what you ask for? He gives you exactly what you ask for. He, gives, he makes all your sinful dreams come to, come to pass. He gives you all your worldly pleasures, and they will all be at your disposal. Sky's the limit. So you will no longer have to have interest in the truth. You don't have to worry about truth anymore. What he does is he basically signs the adoption papers over to Satan so you can be with who makes you feel good and who will spoil you with riches of this world. And that's the strong delusion. The strong delusion is like a deep sleep, a deep slumber to the point where you're in a coma. 
where there's no recovery, there's no return from your slumber because you're so deep and you become reprobate to the point where there's no more redemption for you. There's no more salvation for you because your heart is so black and your heart is so deceptive and so contrary to the point where it's antichrist, to, to the point where it's pseudo-messiah, where you can't receive any more truth. Your heart becomes hard. Your heart becomes a, a, a rock. Titanium becomes titanium still, where the Lord can no longer chisel away at it because we're so sedated and rocked by the trance of Satan, the Pied Piper, as he pipes away, and we all just sway to the rhythm of sin and to the rhythm of evil and to the rhythm of pleasure and to the rhythm of all the things of the world that make us happy, that make us feel good for the moment. But don't you know the Lord says that what's seen is temporary and what's unseen is eternal? So why put your soul on the line for something that's here today, gone tomorrow, when we should be preparing for, the, for our eternity? And this is the aim on the lookout post. The things that we touch on are not the average podcast-type topics. We're going to touch on things that will touch your soul. We're going to touch on things that make you uncomfortable. We're going to shed light on the deep things of God. So this is not for the sensitive or or the easily offended because I'm just a messenger. And uh, on social and worldly matters, I stay outside the box at all times. So how do we get here? How did things get so bad? I think it starts from the top. We got to start from the top. I think we all know where deception started. Started in the garden with Adam and Eve. As, as basic and as cliche as that sounds, that's where it all started. That's where sin originated and deception and lies. When Eve was deceived by that cunning and crafty, that vile serpent, the original shapeshifter, the master deceiver, that's when he took form. And that's where he took off from that point on. Once they gave in, once they let their guard down, Satan took advantage. And you notice how he went to the woman. He went to the woman because he knew it would be a little bit harder to deceive Adam. Not, not trying to be, you know, male chauvinistic or anything, but this is, this is what, how the order was, is with the Lord. He made Adam first and then the woman. The woman came from the rib of man. So it wasn't the man that was deceived of the woman. So Satan likes to go to the vulnerable. He seeks the vulnerable. The weaker you are, the more he comes. He comes roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, he, he, he always comes after the, the little fawn or, or the little lamb that's lost out in the wilderness, that, that, have, that gets uh, abandoned by their families and leave them and they end up there and Satan just salivates, salivates because he knows that he's in for the kill. He has the slaughter in his eyes. And then everything that we've known to be true is a lie. Since the days of Nimrod, the creator of the Tower of Babylon, he strove to reach the heights of the Most High. 
of course, led by the spirit of Satan, as all rulers who defy God are. He felt he was God. This is where all false religions and kingdoms were descended, from Babylon to the Medo-Persians, then to the Greek, and currently the Romans. I don't think we understand the power of the Vatican. You see, the father of lies is an imitator. He's a fraud, a crooked salesman, a corrupt politician. He's an exquisite artist of BS. He can sell an ivory grand piano to an elephant. He's a dream merchant. The answers to all your problems in this world. And the false prophets are his wicked bishops, the greedy pastors, and the holy rabbis. Oh, and did I mention, you're going to need your Bible, definitely. You're going to need your Bible every, on every episode. You're going to need that sword of the spirit. So I just want to let you know that because uh, I'm going to be jumping back and forth to verse and chapters. I'm going to be all over the Bible. So this is how we get down here. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. is referring to the, uh, the religious leaders who... who persuade the people's uh, ideas, who persuades the people to, to make the decisions in society. They use the, 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 the priests and they use all the false prophets that so-called claim that they speak in the name of God, they speak in the word of God, where they speak in lies. They speak in what their father, father of lies. So starting at the first 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. So they transform in themselves. Transform means to put on another form, means to change appearance. So they change in their appearance. They, they, their appearance outwardly is a, a man of God, a holy man. But inwardly, it's pure evil. Inwardly is a deceiver, is an illusionist, is, is a, a deceitful worker. Chapter 4, uh, verse 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So no marvel. There's, there's no need to be uh, um, surprised or shocked because Satan himself transformed itself into an angel of light. So that's why you got to be careful who you proclaim to be a man of God, who you proclaim to be uh, righteous and, and, and your, your religious leaders. Be careful because God is telling you that they just might be angels of light. They just might be the ministers of the devil. You never know. The only way you would know is that you have to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you and show you. He will lead you. God gives you thermal vision. God gives you night vision. So therefore, we can see them wherever they are. We can see them in the Spirit. Wherever they hide, we can see them because God reveals them unto us. So therefore, we won't be taken unaware. They won't be able to compass us about and, un and be lost unawares. God always will allow us. He always equipped us with, with the weaponry we need to fight these battles, to, to go against our enemies. Verse 15, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed with the minister of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Mm. When you see these men for who they are, he said, I told you these things. 
these are the false prophets. These are the, the ministers of Satan that are transforming into the ministers of light. So they're portraying, they're imitating God's true people. They come around God's true people. They, they, they form with God's true people. It's like the wheat and the tares. It's the tares among the wheat. They mix in. And, and if, you're, if you don't walk with the Lord, you won't know who's who. The only ones who can detect false or who can detect uh, forgery is those who have a habitation with the Lord, those who walk with him. So you're equipped and you can see that. You're like a banker. You can tell them fake bills immediately, a mile away. See, what we need to realize is that this world is based on what goes on in the spirit realm. It's a constant battle of the soul between good and evil. The masses are in a deep sleep and in a coma because they lived after the temporary things that are here today and gone tomorrow. The wise King Solomon once said in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 4 through 11, he made great works. He built houses. He made gardens, orchards, trees of all kinds, fruit of all kinds. He said he had servants. He had maids. He had great possessions of cattle, massive gold, silver, exquisite treasures. He had men and women singers, the delight of musical instruments of all sorts. He was increased more and more than all them that were before him in Jerusalem. And on unsurpassable wisdom, he had all the pleasures of the world. His heart rejoiced in his labor. But then he said he looked on his works that he produced, and he beheld that all of it was vanity. It grieved his spirit because there was no profit under the sun. Nothing new. Nothing to see here. So what was our major influence? Our great deceivers, those who govern over us. The meaning of govern means mastery, dominion. And no wonder, because our lives are dictated by our government, a Roman-ruled government, and have been for centuries. We are all under the rule of Rome, whether you like it or not, whether you want to accept it or not. Truth hurts. I call it the harlot system. Every puppet that has came down the pipe has served its purpose in its time. The ones who were not on board, they were assassinated, as we clearly see. And I'm sure it doesn't make it any better that our rulers are being ruled by the elites. We got to think about the deception that's been going on for decades and centuries. You know, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and um, I remember folks saying how um, jobs was always abundant and you could quit your job today and, and get another one tomorrow and, and, and that the economy was just boosting, you know? And I also remember, too, that uh, they always used to say, you know, vote Democrat, vote Democrat, because they, they look out for the black community and they, they look out for the blacks, you know, they, they, they want to make sure that the blacks have equal rights and equality. It was just embedded in our brain that Democrat was for us and Republicans was against us, you know. What's hidden under the shadow government is the fact that we have left and right, left wing, right wing. But what's being hid from us is that it's the same bird. If you really take a good look at the dollar bill, you know, the bird that's holding the, um, it looks like an eagle. The eagle is the national bird. It's the, supposed to be the national mascot for the, for the nation, right? So, yeah, you think it's an eagle. But once you look a little closer and you take a look at the form 
of the animal. It's not an eagle. It's a phoenix. The bird phoenix is an object of praise. By men, the bird is a powerful animal. Even though it is portrayed as having the size of many eagles, but the main reason for such praise of this animal is its immortality. The phoenix is up to this day a universal symbol of rebirth and the beginning of a new cycle. When you sit here and you debate and you you go against each other over the voting stance, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing whether you go left or right. It's all the same entity. So who wins? No one wins. We never get hurt. Because if, you, if, if, if they cover the whole field, then it means that, that no team wins. You, you scoring on this end and you scoring on the other end, but the only one winning is the owners. The owners are the winners, not you. They distribute the playbooks to all the team owners as to what we hear, what we eat, what's taught to our children, what we read, what we see on, on, on the internet. What, what uh, algorithm they should use to, to persuade us to, to purchase certain merchandise by, by the things, by the history. You know, we, we could be looking at a, a pair of sneakers and the algorithm would, would bring all those types of pair of sneakers so the next time you go back on, that's all you see. So you're wondering, how do they know what sneakers I like? How do you know what I like? You know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the uh, computer was turned off and then you turn it back on and now it shows all the sneakers that you like, all the, the Jordans that you've been looking for, the Jordans that you like, the different colors. It shows you all the different places that they sell them. You're wondering how did that happen? That's the algorithms keeping track of us. It's like we're, we're leaving uh, digital footprints and all they do is retracing our steps. They're trailing us, tracking us. Through, through our web preferences they suggest what you should what you should watch next they suggest what site you should go to next they're always intervening in our lives they always want to know what we're doing what we're thinking and this is just the tip of the iceberg the shadow government is the working pieces to the harlot system the Satan ran system of Rome remember I said this is all the spiritual Remember I said that this was just all, that everything that's, that goes on in this world is based on the spiritual realm? Ephesians 6, verse 12 tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities are the, the orders of Satan. The, the, the jurisdiction, the, the divisions in Satan's army. The powers are those that he puts in charge of different areas of attacks. And the rulers of the darkness of this world is just that. The rulers of the darkness of this world. We're living in a dark world and we see who our rulers are. So this is a spiritual, a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle with flesh. We wrestle with the spiritual wickedness in high places. And each ruler has, has their specific role, their specific agenda, which has led us up to where we are now. They make us as taxpayers and us as the citizens, they make us seem as though our votes count and what we say matters. When it was already written in stone, 
These, this has been going on for centuries. They care less about the, the, the citizens. We have no rights. If we had rights, we'd have more power. We wouldn't be going through what we're going through now if it was like that. Remember Bush Sr. told us that they were working on a new world order? He told us that the idea would be an innovative idea and that it would be a benefit to the world? Yeah. Well, we're there, buddy. But see, back then, we had no idea what that meant. But I'm sure we know what it means now. In the 80s, we had Reagan, the drug pusher. When the crack era flooded the urban communities intentionally, it had stained the urban communities for decades. And now with COVID, it looks like we're right back to the 80s. When you take a look at the, the streets, the Boston streets, there's no difference between the way the streets look now and back in the 80s. In the 90s, Bush Sr. was the sugar daddy to all his business partners and his international allies on our bill, on our dime, on the taxpayers' watch. Global relations was reinforced and bailouts were given to the big banks while the interest rates went through the sky. Credit companies, credit card companies, they mastered their skills on how to rape us and enslave us with their policies. He was the kingpin. With Bush Singer's efforts, he made the template to the New World Order, a.k.a. the Strong Delusion. All right, we're going to break. We're going to stretch, get some fresh air, and we'll be back in a few seconds. They're going into a lot of fire, but they're going in. They're not, they're not stopping for anything. The some would disagree, but I feel deep in my soul that we're in the end times, that we currently are in the end days. Um, you just look around and you see things that you've never seen before. You see things that you've never thought would ever take place in your lifetime. You've, you, you, we, we've seen glances of it in the, in the sci-fi movies. And, and it's funny how all them sci-fi movies are all now coming to pass, and it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's what they call um, predictive programming. It's when the, the feds and the movie directors are in cahoots. And of course, signed and sealed by Satan, where they, they portray our future right in front of us, right under our nose. That's the thing. They show us exactly what they're going to do to us, but not in plain sight. They do it subliminally, and they do it subconsciously. But it's there. It's there all the time. And they do this through movies. And when you look back at these movies, they look like now. When, when we was watching movies in the 80s and the 90s, and especially like Back to the Future, that was definitely predictive programming. And it's basically like they're mocking us. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, God basically tells us where we are currently in our knees times. In 2020 and going forward, he tells us exactly where we are. He says, this also know 
that in the last days, perilous times shall come. These look like perilous times to me. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Covetous means loving the next person's goods and the next person's belongings. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to, un to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affection. Truce breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. Incontinent is a lack of self-control, fierce, violent, hostile, aggressive temperament, very violent in, in, in nature, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Let me say this one again, verse 4, traitors, those who will be betray you and, and throw you under the bus, heady. Those who think they know everything. High-minded. Think on high things. They, they, they're better than you. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I think that's it right there. I think that's the diamond. That's the diamond in this chapter. He told us about that in 2 Thessalonians. Having a form of godliness. You come across as godly. You come across as a Christian. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I was born Christian. Uh, my family's Christian. We, we were raised in a Christian family. You have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Denying the power thereof, denying the power of a true godly Christian. You deny that by lying. You deny that by being contrary to his word. You deny that by by just living by the name Christian only and not ever walking in the ways in which you should and not being a born-again Christian versus a Christian. A born-again Christian is one who lives by the scriptures, who walk in the scriptures, who conversates with the Lord, who has a, who has a, a relationship with the Lord, and who... Trust the Lord and consult the Lord in every decision made in their lives. That's a born-again Christian. A Christian is one who is traditional, a traditional Christian. A Christian who is a Christian because that's the way society has raised him or her. Uh, uh, he was Christianed in the church, and my grandmom is Christian, my uncle's Christian, my father's a pastor, so I'm a Christian. You can't be born a Christian. You have to be reborn as a Christian. So when you look at that aspect of deception, a lot of people are walking around thinking that they're saved. A lot of people are walking around thinking that, you know, that they're, they're excluded from judgment when in fact they're more closer to judgment than the most wickedest person. Because you deny the godliness that God has given you. You deny the powers of that. You have a form of it, but you deny it by not walking by faith. And what was done on the cross by Yeshua, when he took our sins, when he bore our sins in his soul, in the pain, in the agony that he took upon the cross to free us from damnation, to grant us redemption. 
and to allow us to, to be returned and to be reconciled to his kingdom. This is the reason why he went to the cross. It wasn't because he wanted to uh, see people celebrate Christmas and see ce people celebrate Easter. Easter, they say, is when uh, he, he died, was in the grave, and he rose. And they say that he rose on Easter. There's, there's no recollection of Easter in the Bible. There's no word named Easter. Easter and Christmas and all these other traditional holidays, they're all man-made. They were all man-made. Pagan, actually. Pagan. All from where? Rome. They're all Roman paganism. So that's an ultimate deception there because there's some Christians walking around celebrating Christmas and and singing carols, and, and they're just the jolliest people you ever see come Christmas time. But when you see them on a regular day, they'll cuss you out. They say all these nasty things about you. But when you see them on Christmas or Christmas Eve, or if you see them in church, when, you, when we seen them in church on Sunday, they were just the most lovingest person. But you see them on Monday, you don't even know who that person was. They have put on a form of godliness, but they deny it by treating you like everyone else treats you, like the world treats you. This concludes the first segment to The Strong Delusion. I thank you for listening. I hope that you'll listen in on part two. As always, God bless you and your families.